the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Timothy was unwanted. The church seemed to be unresponsive, being, and being timid by, nat- by nature, Timothy wanted out and apparently said, that's it. I have had it with this church. I don't want it anymore. And he just stopped reading and exhorting and teaching the people the word of God. And Paul says, you must not stop. You must get at it. Because a good servant doesn't quit. He devotes himself continually to his ministry. We all feel like quitting sometimes, right? Why don't we quit then? Often it's a simple obligation that keeps us in a position that might feel unappreciated or unrewarding. Sometimes a Sunday school teacher perseveres simply because he or she feels like if they don't do it, no one else will, even though they aren't seeing the results they were hoping for. Same with pastors. It can be really hard. Why shouldn't I quit? Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will show us from God's Word how we can overcome those times of discouragement. Welcome Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. In this series of lessons, we're looking at the marks of a good servant, as Pastor Steve teaches from Chapter 4 of 1 Timothy. But before we get to the topic of discouragement, let's back up to where we left off in our last broadcast. One of the challenges a good pastor faces is pressure to make church more entertaining. One pastor friend of mine told about one of his elders years ago trying to convince him to use material other than the scripture for his sermons. He even threatened to leave the church. My friend put his arm around the elder's shoulder and started walking him and his wife toward their car saying, you know, if those are your convictions, I think that's a very good idea. And he never saw that couple again. Open your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4 if you can. Here's Pastor Steve with our study. I think that one of the great challenges in preaching in our day and age is what I, called serm- what I call sermonettes. It's not original with me. I heard someone else say that, sermonettes for Christianettes. And that is, let's give just kind of a, a brief surface type of shallow message. You know what that builds? Brief, surface, shallow type Christians. Then there are men who tell stories galore. They mention a text, but they never go on to explain it. They just tell stories after stories. And it's interesting, and it's fascinating, and they may be very eloquent, But that's not what the history of preaching has been about. And that's not what the biblical standard calls calls for. One pastor called me up recently and said he was criticized. You know why? Because someone in his church said to him, do you always have to preach the word of God every Sunday? You know what I said to him? I said, you better not be intimidated by that. You better preach the word of God every Sunday or you're going to have God's hands off of you. Better that, that people take their hands off of you, and if they leave the church, that's okay with that kind of attitude. But you don't want the Lord to leave the church. When I was in Washington, D.C., I was in the Philadelphia area, New Jersey area, 
teaching this course, I had opportunity to go down to Washington, D.C. for a, uh, a weekend, spend some time with Jeff Carroll. But uh, interestingly enough, a, a friend of mine who went to school, we went to school together at Moody, uh, was in the D.C. area pastoring a church. And uh, I saw him on a Friday, and he said, could we get together on Saturday, and uh, I-, I need to talk with you. And uh, sure, I said, we'll get together. So that evening, I sat in his office, and it was one of the saddest stories I've heard. You know what he said to me? He said, by the way, this is an excellent teacher. This is a graduate of Capitol Seminary, a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute, uh, a true man of God, a dedicated servant, uh, one of the sharpest guys that, uh, that I have ever known. And he said to me, he said, Steve, my deacons just spoke to me. I forget if it was that, uh, I, I guess that weekend. They just spoke to me. And uh, they've asked me to, to resign and step down. I said, why? He said, it's because they don't want a teaching pastor. They don't want someone to teach the word of God. He had followed a man who uh, spent most of his time blasting everybody and uh, was somewhat legalistic. And that's apparently what the church liked. That's what they want. They didn't want the word of God coming in and, and discerning the intents and, and motives of their hearts. And so they asked him to step down. He said, what do you think I ought to do? That's tough. That's really tough. This is happening. This is really happening. That uh, preaching is being challenged. And I'm not talking uh, about, um, uh, well, I am talking about good men who want to stand forth in the word of God and teach it. They're being challenged. They're, they're asked to resign. They're, they're told, can't we get something else? Think about it. How many, how many men in ministry do you know who really explain and teach the word of God? How many? There are not many. There are not many. How many really take time to deal with the word of God? I mean, why do you think that, that men like uh, John MacArthur and Chuck Swindoll are so popular? Think about it. They're not doing anything that's particularly out of the ordinary. People think that they are tremendous, but the fact of the matter is that the church is substandard. And what they're doing ought to, be, and, and ought to be the norm, not the exception. It's just that very few else are doing it. So when people hear that, they go, oh, that's wonderful. That's what every pastor and, and leader ought to be doing. So Paul is telling Timothy, you must devote yourself to the accurate, clear, and practical exposition of the scriptures because you've got a church that has been listening to cranks. That's the thought here. You have a church that's been listening to legalists and to myth teachers, and you've got to get them back on target. You've got to teach continually. You cannot let up. You know why you don't let up? Because people forget. And people need to be reminded, and people need to be told the truth. That's why repetition is important. That's why repeating things are significant, because we forget things, and it's because our our minds tune in and out, and we need to be reminded and reaffirmed of these things. Don't you let up Timothy. Every week and every day you have opportunity, you teach and you explain the Word of God. So I think this is very, very important. This is a spirit of excellence. Good servants take time to study the Bible. Those who lead and have a ministry of the Word take time to look up the original languages, even if they've never been to Bible school or seminary, there are books out that you can, you can study. First thing I do when I disciple somebody and they're really interested in studying the Word of God is I go through my library and I say, now here's what you need. And here's what you don't need. 
unless you want to spend more money. Here's what you've got to get. So they look up the original languages. They discover the historical and cultural background, and they spend time discovering the content and the theme of the passage. And sometimes a young man who I'm working with will say to me, he'll say, isn't there one book you just get all this from? I wish there were. No, you dig and you spend time and you devote yourself to it. You know how to dig into the text. You don't just have personal devotions. You have study time. This is for everyone who's involved in a ministry of the word, not just for me. And then you are careful to explain it in a way that is clear and understandable. Some people know what they're talking about, just that nobody else knows what they're talking about. You know, one of the great um, challenges that I have in, in preaching is not what to tell you, it's what to leave out. It's not, it's not that uh, uh, what to say so much, it's what not to say, because I could go on like Paul at Troas until midnight. In fact, no, we won't do that. But, but that's one of the great challenges is, is to know what not to say. So they're careful to explain it and explain it in a way that is not only interesting, uh, but in a way that is understandable. This is where a lot, of, a lot of people know what they're talking about, nobody, just that nobody else knows what they're talking about. And then finally, they exhort people to obey its truths. And that's important because we're not just giving a lecture. Bible teaching is not a lecture. Bible teaching is imparting truth, but then it is in one sense nailing people to the wall and saying you are confronted with the truth. You either have to obey or be honest and disobey. But you must know what the issue is. There's a demand to submit to the truth. So this is what a good servant does. And this is what Timothy was told to do. And this is what we're to do. There's no room in a spirit of excellence for sloppy exposition. No room for teachers who aren't prepared, Sunday school teachers, elders who are not prepared, those who handle the word of God. No room for, for pastors who don't spend enough time in diligent study and teaching. That's not excellence as Christ wants his servants to be. So a good servant is absorbed in balanced exposition. But so many don't do this. Why? I, I was studying this and I thought, why not? Why, Lord? If it's so clear and so needful, why aren't more men expounding the scriptures? The Old Testament teaches it. The New Testament teaches it. History verifies it that this is the great legacy of the church. Why aren't more pastors and church leaders committed to studying the word of God in a non-superficial, shallow type way? I think there are a lot of reasons, but one is given in verse 14. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery or the elders. The Greek language, and this is very important, indicates that Timothy was already neglecting his spiritual gift. Paul is not telling him, it might come out in the English like, don't do this, but in the Greek it ought to read this way, do not keep on neglecting the spiritual gift within you. In other words, he was neglecting it. Paul is saying, stop it. Get back to your spiritual gift. Timothy was neglecting a spiritual gift. What is a spiritual gift? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is an enablement by the Spirit of God to serve Christ effectively. And we all have spiritual gifts. Probably our spiritual gifts are a combination of a number of gifts mixed in with your personality that comes out very special and unique. And what was Timothy's gift? Obviously, it was in the area of preaching and teaching. He says in chapter uh, 2 Timothy 4 5, do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. Must have been the area of, of evangelism. Not in the sense of crusades, but in the sense of, of a church planter, which is more in line with a biblical evangelist. There are 22 references to, in 1 and 2 Timothy to teaching. Timothy was a teacher and a preacher. That's his gift. 
But apparently Timothy wasn't doing this. That's why Paul has to tell him 22 times or thereabouts, do it. Listen to this. This is very, very significant. Put yourself in Timothy's place. What a struggle for this young man. Paul leaves him alone at Ephesus. I mean, if that wasn't hard enough, the church has all kinds of problems. False teachers, unqualified elders, women preachers, heretical doctrine, an attitude of elitism, false asceticism, legalism. People who don't want him. In fact, they look down on him. They wish he was out of here, out of there. And apparently, Timothy has become discouraged, and he has a tendency to want to quit. In fact, he's probably very sensitive by nature, and uh, we've often said timid Timothy, and that's probably true. And I want you to see something. In 2 Timothy chapter, let's turn over to 2 Timothy. This will give you insight into where this young man was at and why Paul said this, and it will help you in your own life. 2 Timothy 1.4, Paul says, I'm longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. Very likely that Timothy was a, was a weeping young man, sensitive. He might have cried to Paul as he left him there at Ephesus. Paul, don't leave me here. You don't know what you're doing. I'm not ready for this yet. Oh, yes, you are. He says, I recall your tears. The last thing I saw of you was crying as I left on the Aegean Sea in a boat. Look at verse 6. And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir it up, Timothy. The thought here is that you need to stir it up. You were not stirring it up. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of discipline. Timothy, get at it. You must stop neglecting your gift because God hasn't made you timid. God has given you power and love and discipline, so go at it. Timothy then, uh, verse 8, indicates that he was ashamed of the testimony of the Lord and of Paul. Ashamed to be associated, ashamed to be uh, one who is persecuted. Look at verse 8, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Timothy must have said, yuck, suffering. I mean, we're looked down upon. I don't want that. It's hard enough to handle this ministry, let alone uh, suffer for the cause of Christ. He goes on to speak of in um, verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Implication is, Timothy, you are ashamed of these things. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Implication is, Timothy, you have not been retaining it. You have been uh, going backwards. You have been neglecting these things. Chapter 2 opens up by saying, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Timothy, stiff upper lip. Get strong. Come on, finish the fight. I left you there to, to not quit. Verse 2, and the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. And he goes on to speak about suffering and, and being like an athlete and competing and suffering hardship and being like a soldier. And, and what he is saying is, Timothy, you must not quit. You must not give up. Timothy was unwanted. The church seemed to be unresponsive, being, and being timid by, na by nature, Timothy wanted out and apparently said, that's it. I have had it with this church. I don't want it anymore. And he just stopped reading and exhorting and teaching the people the word of God. And Paul says, you must not stop. You must get at it. Because a good servant doesn't quit. He devotes himself continually to his ministry. Listen, you wouldn't be normal if you didn't feel like quitting at times. I feel like quitting at times, usually every Monday. 
feel like quitting at times. I'm emotionally spent. I can't think clearly. Little problems become major problems. And don't you know it's usually the time someone calls me up and pours out their heart about a major problem and I have to minister, but I can't think clearly. And I understand that. There are times when I say to myself and to my wife, why do I keep speaking every Sunday? You have to have a ministry to understand what I mean by that. You have to pour your life into something in terms of ministry to understand that feeling. Every servant goes through that. Why do I keep speaking every Sunday? And who is listening? And who cares what I have to say? And why do I bother doing this? And why do I spend so much time studying and teaching? And you understand that if you have a ministry like that. You pour your life into a ministry only at times to hear complaints and criticisms and and uh, little nitpicking things, and every servant goes through that. You, you've gone through that. You're minist- you have a ministry, you pour out your life, and apathy is the response, or you serve in areas of the church and nobody uh, cares, you don't get thanked, you don't get appreciated, all you seem to get are hassles and complaints. Now, not from everyone, but I understand what Timothy was going through. Not that I'm in a situation like that, but every servant has that. Everyone who's ever ministered for Christ feels like quitting, throwing up their arms and saying, why do I bother? Does anybody care? But why shouldn't you quit? For the same reason that Timothy wasn't to quit. It was a spiritual gift. Neglect not the gift that's within you. The reason you don't quit, the reason you don't quit is because God has sovereignly placed you in a ministry. He's given you a gift. Timothy didn't say, Lord, I'm here. Give me the gift of teaching, and I'd love to do this. No, he was not a volunteer. He was drafted, and so that is the case of every one of us. The reason you don't quit is because God has sovereignly placed you in a position of ministry. It wasn't your choice. God has gifted you for a specific ministry, and you don't have the luxury of saying, I think I'd like to serve in the body elsewhere. I don't think I fit in here. Timothy didn't have a choice. God called him to the sphere of ministry. Timothy apparently received this gift in a very unique way, an apostolic way, not a normative way. Normally we receive a gift the moment we are saved, but Timothy apparently received it when the prophecy was made of him and apparently someone came to the forefront who spoke revelation in that day and age and said this man is gifted for this ministry and the elders of his hometown church apparently laid hands upon timothy saying in essence that they um they recognized that god had called him and they affirmed his leadership and they identified with him and then they took their hands off in recognition of what god was doing and released him to carry on his work The sad thing is there are many men who are qualified for ministry, but they're they're not in ministry. They're out doing something else. They're out doing something else. And I don't know every reason for it, and it's not fair to, to, um, to stereotype everyone, but there are far too many men who have been to great seminaries in our land who are either out selling cars or selling insurance or selling real estate. Nothing wrong with that, except if God has called you to the ministry, you ought not to be doing that full time unless there's some unique situation there. But there's too much of that happening, too much of that happening that that tells me that that a pattern has developed. And there are men who have had it with churches, and uh, that's why the average stay for a pastor is under two years, and they just quit, and they think it's going to be better somewhere else. It is not, because the issue is not how difficult your ministry is. The issue is your faithfulness to the call of God on your life. 
There are times where men will be in ministry and they will doubt their calling. They'll say, it's, it's too rough, too rough. Well, you know what you need to remember then? You need to remember that God called you. You say, well, maybe he never really called me. And I've heard people say, maybe he never really called me. How do you know if God called you? You don't leave it up to your, to your own uh, selves to remember. When God calls you, the church will affirm it through its leadership. When God calls you to ministry, the church will lay hands upon you. And they will affirm that. You don't just say, I'm called, and nobody else recognizes it. You remember that God's people, through the leadership of the church, recognized your call to ministry. So he's saying, Timothy, you can't quit, regardless of the problems and the lack of appreciation the church has for you. You just can't quit, because God has called and gifted you for this ministry, and therefore you are to pay continual attention to the public reading, exhorting, and teaching of the word of God. So a good servant doesn't give up. He doesn't. He devotes himself, even if it's thankless, a thankless job. Even if people forget five minutes after he preaches what he said. Even if he hears all kinds of criticisms. Even if he's got people who want to hear uh, psychological reports and entertainment, all kinds of stuff. He does not give in to that. He doesn't quit. He stays on the job and he is faithful. By the way, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. You know that great verse that says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of Season. You know what that word be ready means? It means to take one's stand, to stay at one's post. It's a military term. Always be on duty. You don't quit. You don't just say, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want it. I want people to applaud me and appreciate me. You don't do that. You faithfully exposit the word of God. Or in your case, then you faithfully do whatever God has gifted you and called you to do, regardless of how what ministry it is in the church, regardless of whether it's a, it's a ministry of a spotlight or a behind-the-scenes ministry. You'll never be a good servant. Never be a good servant if you aren't faithfully doing what God has gifted you to do. By the way, this is why elders are, are elders for life. That's why it's not a, a three-year term. I mean, when you're called to do this, you are called to do this. Be devoted to your ministry, no matter how unappreciated you are. Why? Why? Very simple, because your service is to Christ, and that's what he says to do. You are serving him, not really the church. And he says your service is, is to be characterized by excellence, and excellence doesn't quit. It just keeps going. I wonder if you are involved in a ministry where you feel so unappreciated. You probably are. You probably are. Feel like you've been at it so long, people just take you for granted. You're probably right. They do. I probably take you for granted. Shouldn't. But you feel, well, look, I, I've been, don't, I, don't I get anything? I mean, it, it's tough. I teach these kids of, uh, kids Sunday school, and they couldn't care less whether I was there or not. They just want to play. Well, put yourself in Timothy's shoes, because that's what he was going through, too. And Paul said, be devoted to your ministry, young man. Don't quit. Because God has gifted you. It is the sovereign plan of God for your life. And you are a servant of Christ. Make sure it's not mediocre, your service. Make sure it's excellent. Excellence doesn't quit. Let's take a moment to pray about that. Father, we thank you for giving us roles to play in your divine plan. But we confess that we sometimes get weary when we don't see results like we hope for or even face resistance to what you want us to share. Help us, Lord, to remember that no matter how people respond, your name is worthy to be praised and to be praised publicly. 
Your message of redemption is worth telling about whether or not anyone listens. Help us not to look for fulfillment in visible results, but rather in the eternal results that come from letting you work through us in the places where you want us to serve. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Find out more about Lakeside at lakesidechapel.com or call the office at 727-441-1714. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside. You can learn more about Verse by Verse at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Browse our free message archive page and tell your friends about it. It's a great resource. That's versebyverseradio.org. Another way to listen to Pastor Steve's messages is directly from Lakeside. If you'd like a free audio CD with the entire message Pastor Steve just finished, call Lakeside at 727-441-1714 and ask for message 6134, The Marks of a Good Servant, Part 4. That phone number once more is 727-441-1714. I'm Jerry Peterson. Have you ever been so absorbed in something that you tuned out all the distractions and completely lost track of time? Well, that's how Paul wanted Timothy to be when it came to his ministry. I hope you can join us for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff begins his concluding message in this series from 1 Timothy 4 about the marks of a good servant. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We are here to give you strength between Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.